Have you turned your Bibles yet to 1 Corinthians? Are you there? If you're not there by yet, by now, you need remedial training in getting through the Word of God. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians chapter 12. How many of y'all like, like to see the move of the Spirit? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How many of you like to see supernatural things happen? Come on. Heads are not. That's the best amens I've gotten in a month right there. Because I, t- I talked about supernatural, miraculous signs and wonders. Come on, somebody. How many of you want to see signs and wonders and miraculous Miraculous things. Amen. Praise God. So do I. But there's one thing stuck right in the middle of signs and wonders and supernatural miraculous things. You see, uh, we often think of the Holy Spirit and the move of the Holy Spirit uh, and spiritual things as it relates to, I don't know, how many of you think your life would be changed if you saw a dead person raised up from the dead? that freak you out a little bit? You know what happened in the, the first church in the book of Acts? There was a couple of people came to church and lied about an offering, died at the altar. How many think that freaked you out a little bit? Huh? <laughs> I mean, that was one severe church. You know, the husband came in and he lied to the Holy Spirit about an offering and fell dead at the altar? His wife wasn't even at the church yet. I don't know where she was. But she wasn't even at the church yet. The Bible says the ushers came, grabbed that dead man, took him out and buried him. <laughs> then the wife showed up. She's got to be thinking, where's my man? Oh, he must be in the back counting. No offense to those that are in the back counting. So the wife comes up, and she lies to the Holy Spirit as well. Drops dead right there in the church service. Well, that would scare the bejesus right out of me. Come to a church service, and two people fall dead in the altar. Ushers grab them and go bury them before they're ever even in a funeral. Come on. Are you kidding me? There's some serious stuff happened in the early church. And guess what? It was, be, it was what Jesus intended well, I got awful quiet here in this Holy Ghost church. That's what Jesus intended. He intended for his church to be a severe church. I didn't say a mean church. I didn't say a bully church. I didn't say a church that only talks about sin and only talks about judgment. But God also didn't expect us to have a church that only talked about good feelings and warm and comfortable stuff either. Both sides of the of the character of our Heavenly Father is in the Word and ought to be in the church. And one side is mercy and grace, and the other side is judgment and wrath. Oh, dear. Some of you just like, yeah, I'm not buying the book, but I'm quitting church, man. <laughs> so we like all the supernatural stuff, and I, I often call it the ooh-la-la stuff. How many know that if somebody got raised from the dead, ooh, la, la. Or how about uh, a person who's never, got, never walked a day in their life get up out of their wheelchair and dance across the front of the service? 
Some of you, some of you old-time religious folks might just get saved that day. Huh? But I bet you there's a bunch of people that sure desire to see that. Or how about those that have never spoken a day in their life? Suddenly in a church service, their voice opens up and they begin to shout praises unto the Lord and our King. I got smiles in the room and people are, oh, oh, yeah. Or how about a person who's never heard a sound their entire life and in a service, at any given time, their ears pop and they hear sound for the very first time. Isn't that amazing? How many like that? I call, yeah, yeah, yeah. I call that the ooh-la-la gifts. Or you love it when there's a prophetic a tongue and interpretation. Some of you go, what just happened? Because you know something just happened. Others are like, well, we had church today. You know, you know there's some Pentecostal denominations that believe that if you don't have a tongue and interpretation in a morning service, that some, there must have been sin in the preacher because God didn't show up today. Uh-huh. Why? Because people are more leaning toward supernatural, crazy things. Listen, if you marched with Jesus with, when Jesus was here on planet Earth, you'd have been following a circus. I'm serious. I mean, nobody brings any food, and somehow out of thin air, he feeds 5,000 people plus everybody else. And a few days later, 4,000, we're getting free food, miracle food. He's raising people from the dead. He's healing the sick. I got to go see the Jesus circus. And then they experienced his love. But he was a severe, razor-sharp preacher of righteousness, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? So we like, we like all that to a degree. We don't like the mundane stuff, though. And we see the mundane kind of everyday work as eh, it's just that drudgery we got to do. And I wonder how many times that we see the work. Everybody say work. work. That wasn't everybody. That was six people. <laughs> everybody say work. One more time. Work. Now shout it at me. Work. All right, that sounded like everybody. Um, we don't see work as a supernatural ooh-la-la gift. Why? Why? Have you, have you made it to 1 Corinthians yet? Should I go ahead and read from there you keep provoking me to preach a little bit more. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27. Now you, look at your neighbor, point at him, say you. Look at your other neighbor, point them and say you too. Now you are the body of Christ. So you're here as one of two things. Well, okay, one of three things. You're either here today as a part of the body of Christ, or you're just a casual church attender who loves to have a good church experience, or you're just an out-and-out -out heathen. 
All heathens, raise your hand. Well, I no, 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 put your hands down. That's the three categories. People that know I'm a part of the body of Christ. Others who are casual church attenders that just want to have a good church experience. And then heathens. Some of you are thinking, I wish he'd have brought his iPad because then I knew that he was at least prepared for today. <laughs> now you, say you. you. Point at yourself and say you, you. are uh, the body of Christ and members individually. That does not talk about church membership. You're part of the body. Here's my finger's a member, my hand's a member, my wrist, my arm, my elbow are all members of this body. Okay? You are all members of the body of Christ. A finger, a hand, a thumb, a wrist, an arm, an elbow, a bicep, a shoulder, and, there are, and I, I, the list can go on of all these amazing body parts that have specific functions. Huh? In fact, you don't even appreciate some of the smaller parts of your body till you lose it. And then you realize how important it was to the everyday functioning of life. Can I get a witness from somebody? I'm preaching pretty good this morning. So it says, now you are, body, are the body of Christ and members individually, and God has appointed these in the church. And God has appointed these in the church. Okay? Apostles say, ooh, la, la. Yeah, we love the apostolic gift. We love the move of the apostolic ministry. In fact, some people have loved the move of the apostolic ministry so much that they created apostolic movements. They needed to have a different kind of movement. I'm not going there, but anyway. So he appointed these in the church. First apostles go, ooh, la, la. And I'm not denigrating. I'm just saying there are certain parts in this list that we go, oh, ooh. There's one thing in this list that we go, ah. Oh. First apostles, everybody go, ooh. Second prophets, ooh. Third teachers, ooh. After that, miracles. Ooh. Lord, forgive me. I'm not insulting any of this. I'm just trying to make a point. Gifts of healings. Helps. Administrations. And then Paul realized he was losing the crowd. So he said, variety of tongues. Ooh. But I did all of that, and no insult to my Father in heaven, no insult to the Apostle Paul, and no insult to the Word of God, but to show you that right there in the very middle of everything that we kind of really, really want to see happen in our church is a wonderful five-letter word. Helps. Helps. And it should be as equally as any of the others, but for whatever reason, we don't get that 
picture. We don't get that imagery. I would imagine that any of y'all that work in Father's House ministry, that the ooh that came out of your mouth when you were cleaning the toilets was more like, ooh. Not, ooh. La, la. Yet it's a supernatural gift. In fact, it's not just a supernatural gift. It's listed in a list of wonders, signs and wonders that says, and God has appointed these in the church. And right in the middle of there is a five-letter word in the Bible called helps, a four-letter word in our language called work. Ministry, it's ministry. We've been taught since the inception of this church over 30, nearly 30 years ago or so that the way you spell ministry is W-O-R-K. And so I, I, we're going to talk about that for just a minute or two. I'm going to ask Chuck to come up here. He's going to help me, and Steve's going to come up here. You guys come on up here and stand with me for a minute. Am I trying to inspire you? Yes, I am. I'm trying to inspire. Do I have an ulterior motive? Yes. Yes, I do. Well, you want me to preach or tell you the truth? Which one you want? Both, okay. <laughs> preach for a minute, tell the truth for a minute. No, I have an ulterior motive. But I want you to understand that my ulterior motive is not just to get rear ends in the seat. I was trying to choose my words. Have you all read that, that book, Under the Bleachers? It's, it's written by Seymour Butts. <laughs> you knew I was going to get it out one way or another. <laughs> That's the youth pastor still rising up in me. I did all that I've done to this point, and I only had one thing prepared. I, I did know that I have a direction and a scripture. Everything else that's come out of my mouth right now is spontaneous right now, and I believe directed by the Holy Spirit. This part is planned. I have no clue what either of them are going to say, but they both come with n papers. Wow, more than I've done. <laughs> I wanted you, I've done everything that I've done uh, up to this point for the primary reason of you gathering the ooh of work in the house of God, of helps, and understanding it's not just an usher passing a basket. It's not just a children's worker working in children's ministry. In fact, sometimes some of those jobs are so thankless and so behind the scenes that it becomes a weight and a burden even on those that are working and they lose sight, whether it's ushering, whether it's youth ministry, whether it's music ministry, whatever it may be, and they lose sight that I am flowing right now in one of the things that my Father in heaven appointed in the church. 
In fact, he appointed it along with the apostles, the prophets, the teachers, the miracles, the healings, and the tongues. He appointed it as a supernatural gift in the body of Christ. So I said I had an ulterior motive, right? And that is this Saturday. Everybody say this Saturday. Now I know that's quick notice. I realize that. But this Saturday we have a mini, M-I-N-I, mini Ministry of Helps seminar here at the church. This mini Ministry of Help seminar is a part of Believer School of Excellence. Every year in Believer School of Excellence, there's an opportunity where all of Believer School of Excellence students come to the church for a Ministry of Helps day, and that is hearing the word about the Ministry of Helps that is inspirational, motivational, uh, prophetic, and absolutely uh, just, just fills your spiritual tank. And I said from the pulpit last week, my wife often tells me that when I think out loud, I get myself in trouble. And I invited everybody in the church to come pee at the Ministry of Helps conference. And then I realized we're doing food service that day. And bless Bev's heart, where's Bev at? Raise your hand over there. She's already freaking out about me. I'm prepared to feed 25 people, and there's going to be 200 there. So a part of today is to bring spiritual inspiration to you, motivation to you, to take seriously this thing called helps. So Saturday from 8 o'clock until 2 o'clock in the afternoon, there's a mini M-I-N-I, Ministry of Helps conference or seminar that I'm asking not just the Believer School, the Believer School of Excellence students, it's a requirement. It's mandatory. They have to be here. Uh, I came short of making this mandatory. You're like, what? Yeah, I did that. I did that one time before. Up north, I was at a Ministry of Helps conference over in Midland, and I was the only one from the New Life Christian Church up north that, that was there for that week. I was the only one, the pastor. And I had a great Ministry of Helps team up there. I really did. They were an awesome Ministry of Helps team. But not one of them showed up at the Ministry of Helps conference. And I was so moved, Chuck by the things that was happening there. And, I, and, I, and something occurred to me as the pastor, not only was I drinking from a special well of anointing that day, but all of my ministry of helps team weren't drinking from that well of anointing that day. And I got a, I got a surgency and an urgency. <laughs> something rose up inside of me and I went, and I'm thinking all this in my head, I went, hmm, Man, I need to bring this to my church. I think I'll go buy the DVDs and I will have a mini Ministry of Help seminar at my church. 
Now, at the time, I was also the principal and administrator of a school. So I'm going to make it mandatory. And now this is all going on in my head, right? I'm going to make it mandatory. And if you can't make it, you've got to come meet with me and get an excused absence. Now, this is just happening in my head. Now, at the end of the service, it was a morning service. I think it was probably on Friday morning because I've been dealing with this thing eating at me. And the thing that was eating at me was I was drinking from a well of water that all of those Ministry of Helps people didn't get a drink of. That's what was eating at me. And I wanted them to have that water. I wanted them to have that drink. But I couldn't go home and just mimic and repeat. So uh, during the question and answer time, Steve, I raised my hand. Dr. Barkley says, yeah, Rick. And I said, well, it's been kind of, I just told him the story. And I said, is it all right to tell them it's mandatory or they're in trouble? He said, basically, Rick, I wish more preachers would do it that way. So I did. I went back and I wrote a letter to everybody in the Ministry of Helps. And I tried to be nice. But how many know when you use the word mandatory, you close down on nice right now, right? And, and when you find out that if you can't make it, you got to meet with the pastor to get an excused absence, how many of you know you just had a bad church experience and you're mad? Right? There was a bunch of folks who were mad at me. Back in the day, I didn't really give a rip whether they were mad or not. I don't know that that's changed too much over time. But uh, so we did it. Don't worry, I'll give you a chance to talk. You can't forget what you were going to say. You brought notes with you. If you say all of it. Oh, no, no. You can just repeat it. Here's, how I, here's the imagery I had, and I think I shared this imagery with you maybe even last, last Sunday. Let's say there's a water fountain right up here. And it's a water fountain of anointing. Anointing. Anointing is the presence of God. The presence of God is grace. Grace is power. And flowing from this water fountain right up here is grace, power, and anointing. And it's flowing. You don't even have to push the button to get the water out. It's flowing. Do you know you won't get a drink if you don't come to the water fountain? You may enjoy it from back there, and you are not really that blessed if I'm the only one drinking from the water fountain. You have a great church service, and your church experience will be all right, and you'll be blessed and won't leave us next week. So, this Sunday we have, I'm sorry, this coming Saturday at 8 o'clock, we're doing a mini ministry of help seminar. I do have an expectation. Now, I'm inviting everyone. I'm in, our Believer School of Excellence, how many know? Mandatory. They're required. They have to be here or they will get an unexcused absence. Uh, or Some have already told me this was planned. I'm unable to. I understand that. With me? I did not share that with share share with anyone else in this room. It was mandatory, did I? Did I say that? No. I went to all of our department leaders this morning, as much as I could remember, and I said to them, "I want you to cascade some information to everyone on your team." 
There's a mini Ministry of Helps conference this Saturday, and Pastor is expecting that everyone who's currently a part of the Ministry of Helps does everything in their power to attend to get a drink from this water fountain. So BSE is mandatory. They got to come. Like it or not, they got to come. Everyone else in the congregation is invited with open invitation. We'd love for you to be able to come. All of you who are currently a part of Ministry of Helps, a Ministry of Helps, you're serving somewhere in the Ministry of Helps. It is my deep desire that you don't miss a drink of this water that's available for you on Saturday. Well, isn't isn't it available another time? Probably not. It's available on Saturday because that's when it's happening. Steve's going to be teaching at the Ministry of Helps seminar along with myself and a guy by the name of Ron Garcia. And Ron Garcia, we all met with Ron, Brother Ron, Reverend Garcia, this week and we're deeply moved by the things he was sharing with us about the anointing of the Ministry of Helps. Huh? And it was just a snippet at lunch. So, Chuck, I want you to take a minute or two, or three, maybe five. I'll stick close so it don't go up to seven or ten. Share from your heart why you believe it will be important for as many people as can make it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying you have to have meetings with me. I did not send you a mandatory letter. Did I send you a mandatory letter? All right. Am I communicating in any way, shape, or manner that for the rest of this church it's mandatory? Just the Believer School students, mandatory. Everyone else is invited. It would be my deepest desire as a pastor that every single person who's a part of Ministry of Helps does everything in their power on such short notice. I know, I know, I apologize to find a way to be here on Saturday to drink from that fountain. Go. Is it related to this? Not now then. Okay. Good morning. What a beautiful day it is. Amen? All right. I want to take just a uh, uh, a moment to get to know you just a little bit better, okay? How many of you, and this is not this is not condemnation in any way, but how many of you, by a showing of your hands, call Resurrection Life, Mid Michigan, St. Louis, your home church? Would you please raise your hands? Okay, good portion. Okay, now I want you to just be honest for a minute. How many of you here haven't yet made the decision? Or just exploring whether you want Res Life to be your home church or not. How many are here that are making, trying to make that decision? Okay, there's a few people, and you're being honest. I appreciate that. All right. What do you know about the Ministry of Helps? What do you know about being involved in church? What do you know about how God might use you if you allowed him to fully move you. What do you know about that? 
Well, maybe let's ask the question another way. What don't you know? Have you ever explored how God might use you if you were to step out? Or have you said, well, I don't know anything about this. And many of us, through no fault of our own, are fearful of what might happen if we said yes or if we wanted to step out and get involved. We really, in our hearts, we don't know what to do. We don't know where to go. We don't know who to talk to. So what do we do? We stand back and watch and let others do what needs to be done. That, that's kind of human nature. But what I want to talk to you about today is we have an opportunity. Pastor has expressed this very well. And in his heart, I know that in his heart, he wants to make it mandatory. Okay, I know that. Now, now, but what you have to understand... What you have to understand is what his heart is. You see, and you only get to know his heart by getting close to him. You know what he speaks from the pulpit, and he speaks the word of God, and his heart gets involved in that because I believe he's fully committed to the Lord. But... You get to know his heart even on a, on a more personal way when you get around him and you get to see his desire for the church. He has a, an extreme desire in his heart for this church to succeed. He has an extreme desire in his heart for each one of you and I to experience the Lord Jesus Christ in what we do. And what you have to understand about the early church was everybody got involved in this early church. Paul made sure that they got involved. He admonished them on a regular basis, and he set people in charge to help them. And you know what? If you read the scriptures at all and you read the, read the letters of Paul at all, the church grew by fantastic, enormous numbers. It was exciting. Yeah. It was exciting. And, you know, we have become... We have become complacent, I believe. And we have the church experience that Pastor was talking about. And we come, and this is what we do. We spend the first 25 minutes in praise and worship. Then we read the, the, the notes. And then we have a word of the Lord. And then maybe sometimes we'll finish up with a, a little music. Or he'll just send up, and Steve will come up and send us out. And we've had church today. What a glorious day we've had. All right, but is that all the church experience is? See, the church experience, church for me, one of the most important aspects of church for me is coming and talking to you on a one-to-one -one basis. And you know, Dennis gets kind of in my face I, I don't have time to talk to him that day. And he says, what's the matter? Did I do something to offend you? Okay. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but you know what? We should have that expectation from everybody in the church. This, this is what church is about. You know, I, I see my brother Dale over there. And I say, Dale, you know, you need to get involved in the church. You need to do something. You know, Dale, why don't you, why don't, Dale, why don't you get involved? Oh, here, see? Well, I've, I've tried to build a relationship with him, and it's growing slowly, but you know he's coming around. Okay. And uh, 
No, now seriously, Dale is really involved. And, and you know what is really good? Dale has, has done the believers classes. He's attended some of the MOH conferences. And by the way, we have one of these every session of the believers school. Why? Because it's important that you and I are involved in the construction of our church. This is my church. I seen hands here and you said, this is my church. That was nearly everybody. So if it's your church, are you involved in the building, the construction, and the maintenance of your church? Okay, or are you just somebody that comes and says, I really like what goes on here, but just, whoa, stay back a little bit. I'll be back here. And, and every once in a while, I'll say, boy, go for it. Pastor, you did really good. And then you go home. Or are you going to be like Dale and, and Dennis and, and some others here? That uh, Now, I can't tell you everything that Dale's involved in, but he's always here. He's always here. He, he's talking to people. He's helping people. He's doing things. He is the body of Christ. He is. Okay? And this is what I want to encourage you. Take ownership. Take charge. Learn. If you're not involved in the helps ministry, learn about it. This Ron Garcia, I was just blown away. We had just a small interview with him. And I was just blown away by what he's going to tell you. He's going to talk to you about the helps ministry. He's going to talk to you about getting started. And then he's going to talk to you about, at least I believe this is what he's going to talk about. He's going to talk to you about finding your perfect place in the body of Christ. How many of you have ever wondered where your perfect place in the body of Christ is? You've wondered that, haven't you? I have wanted, everybody has wanted that. He's going to help you with that. He is just a well of information. Now, he's been in the helps ministry for 40 plus years, I understand. Now, he is not the leader. He's a man with a committed heart that knows what has to be done. Amen? Amen. I really hope you make the choice. If you do, sign up. There's a list that's important because we've got to figure the food. These gals are fretting about the food. <laughs> but that's okay. Help them fret. <laughs> All right. Thank awesome. you. Thank you, Chuck. Every time we say that, thank you. Give them a big hand. Awesome. Every time we say they're fretting or something, they're both back there shaking their heads going, Nah, man, we got this. No big deal. Bev's going, yeah, I got, I got this. Thank you, Chuck. You can stay up here with us if you want, or go have a seat, whichever you like. So, okay. She, yeah, she's probably going to, Chuck's coming back. You better fret, bro. Get back. <laughs> All right. Now, Steve um, is going to be taking a session. Uh, I've asked him to take a session on Saturday for a specific reason, and it's kind of entitled Growing Up in the Ministry of Helps. Uh, Steve grew up. I mean, from how big? Born? His mama didn't birth him at the church, but all the days of his life were around a family, in a family that was constantly involved in the ministry of helps. He grew up in the ministry of helps. And I've asked him to kind of speak to you for just two or three or four. I'll stand up after five or seven. And uh, 
talk to the folks we'll, for a minute. We'll see. I, Chuck said a lot of things I was going to say, and uh, it was awesome, by the way, Chuck. Good job. Is he over there? Yeah, he is. Okay. Awesome. Praise God. Well, I'm, I'm excited to have an opportunity to speak, and like Pastor said, I grew up working, serving in church, and it made such a huge impact in my life. Now, you might say, well, you don't know anything else but church, and that, that may be true, um, but I do know the value and the, um, the immense amount of um, training that I received during my time serving in church. And um, sitting and listening to the Word preached will, will build up your faith, right? And you'll learn more about Scripture, but it isn't necessarily going to help you learn how to help people. And um, once you put your hand to serve, that's when you know, God's able to really use you and bring fulfillment to your life, whatever area of serving that may be, you know, whether it's working with people or working in a, on a computer or working on the building or out you know, in, in the, um, the community or assisting pastor. All those things are really important, and God will use you and bring fulfillment into your life during that process. And I think a lot of us, we're, you know, we're looking for something, we're looking for something to fill that void. God, I feel like I'm supposed to be doing something. I don't know what it is. And uh, that's where the ministry helps comes into play. It's, it's a wonderful thing. Now, our church has a very specific vision. And I'm sure other churches share this vision on some level. But our church is a Resurrection Life Church exists to help people live their life. They were born to live through inspiration, training, and equipping to help people, you know, do the things they're supposed to do. So that inspiration, that training, that equipping that's taking place is something that Pastor Rick has a, a deep heart for. This church, this church has a deep heart for, for you to be inspired to do what God's calling you to do. If you be trained to do the things that God is calling you to do, to be equipped and ready to, to do the work. And some of that happens on OTJ, on-the-job training, right? And I learned so much on-the-job training, right? Working with uh, your brothers and sisters in Christ and putting your hand to the, to the plow and, uh, you know, going to the meetings and everything else. And I know it takes time, and sometimes in a fa- you might be in a phase of life where you can't do as much as your heart wants to, but you can do something, right? So this weekend, this training weekend is all about inspiring you, training you, equipping you. There's some things that, you know, it does, you do need to sit and listen for it to, to get inside, and the stories that are going to come out this weekend, the, the word that's going to be taught this weekend is going to be very valuable, and it's going to help you. And um, I remember, you know, growing up in church, and um, I, I had a heart to serve. You know, my family were, were servants, and that was actually, um, I took a spiritual gifts test as a, a young child. That was my spiritual gift, was serving. And um, there's three basic degrees of supernatural help. And uh, one is doing the things your pastor has no ability to do. Number, number two is doing the things that your pastor can do but shouldn't be doing because he needs to be doing something else. And number three is doing the things that pastor is doing but wants you to do with him. And those three, thing, those three things... All right, number one, do the things pastor has no ability to do. Now, he's a multi-talented person and, and anointed and gifted and, you know, functions and, and, you know, lots of amazing things, but there's things that he, he, doesn't, he can't do. And uh, then there's things that do the things that your pastor can do but shouldn't be doing because he needs to be doing something else. He's called to be in the Word. 
right? And then he has times where he needs to meet with, with people one-on-one and with families and help people in crisis and to be uh, bringing peace to the body of Christ, amen? So he can't be out vacuuming the floor when he's supposed to be doing that. He can't be out painting the, the curb when he's supposed to be doing that, right? He can't be watching the kids in the back while he's preaching in here, right? Even though the back's really awesome. I say the back, that sounds bad. It's, it's, it's amazing back there. It's amazing back there. The other side of the building. Number three, do the things that pastor is doing but wants you to do with him. And uh, so he, he's got, you know, opportunities for ministry to take place. And, um, you know, there's times when he's out here during a work party and we're out here working with him, right? And so these are, these are three areas that each of us can fit into to help our pastor fulfill this vision that God's given him for the church and uh, to help people live their life they were born to live. This is bigger than any one of us, and it takes all of us. Amen, doesn't it? And um, one thing I know for sure, for certain, is that I've had multiple careers come out of Ministry of Helps. Multiple careers. And I could, I could have taken any one of those and made money and had a living. And it's because I learned at church around godly men and women who gave me an opportunity to come and put my hands to work and learn, and they taught me, and they trained me, and they inspired me, and the Holy Spirit talked to me while I was there as I was given opportunity. And that's something that we don't talk about a whole lot, but like the Holy Spirit's right there, and He is the teacher. He's the teacher. And if you're given something to do, maybe you don't know anything about it, and you're like, I'm not even the least bit interested to do this, Pastor, but uh, the Holy Spirit knows how to do that really well, and He can actually put that in your heart as something that brings a lot of fulfillment to you. Amen. Amen. Have I said enough? That was awesome. I can't wait to hear your session on Saturday. Thank you. Thank you very much. So, um, yeah, the only other thing I want to say about it is that it is important. I know that Bev and the team, they're not fretting. I just want to help them know how much food they need to prepare and what they need to do and and and. Yes, I would never tell you to shut up. Yeah, what you got? Well, say? I was just saying. Do here. I need to sit down for three no, minutes? No, and no, 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 no. I'll step over here though, because sometimes get over here. Come here. No, I just was remembering twenty-five years ago when we were um, new um, Christians and going to church, and I mean, we had made a commitment to go to church. And I remember when uh, we lived in Holland and we actually attended church in Grand Haven and our pastor invited us to come to um, a leadership meeting. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was Ministry of Helps. I don't know. I just remember we weren't allowed to speak. Maybe he knew us back then and said, (laughs) be quiet and stand in the back. But I, to this day, I remember the honor that I felt at even being invited to be a part of something that is so, so important. I mean, the church of Jesus Christ changes lives forever. Yeah. And we got invited to be a part of that. You know, I just want to encourage you with this. It's part of your um, maturity. It's part, it's part of your growth to grow up, to do the things that God has called us all to do. And each one, we have... Um, we have different gifts and talents 
that we've been given. I can't do the things that you can do. Maybe you can't do the things that I can do. But together, we can do it all. Yes. And I just, I want to inspire you with this and just recognizing that it is such an honor to get to serve God. It yes. really is. And when you can look at the fact that he's, he's given you um, a place, and you might say, well, you're pastors. Well, we weren't then. We right. were just broken people coming to church trying to get, looking for a way to live life that would work. You know what I mean? And um, God gave us the opportunity to put our hands to the plow with a group, a bunch of others. Yes. And, uh, you know, watch and see what he'll do in your life because yes. you will be the one that will be transformed as you work to help other people transform. Amen. So it's a win-win. Thank you, Diane. Let's give her a hand. So um, come on out and be a part of us with us. There is, you may, you'll see over there in the area between the bathrooms, some banners, Minister of Helps banners. And there's a table over there that has basically... A sign-up sheet. If you plan on coming or strongly believe you're going to come, put your name on there, and that will help us have not just more information about food preparation, but about seating and tables and all the other things that we have to do to get ready for Saturday. And so, again, I apologize for a late notice on uh, doing this uh, and saying, you know, in, in six days, we, we'd like to see you respond this way. Uh, but just do whatever you can to, be com to come and to be a part of it. I can tell you right now, man, oh man. And this just isn't, this isn't me just trying to inspire you. You are going to have your socks blessed off by what's going to happen in this. And you're going to get a chance to actually step to that water fountain and drink in fact, that's what you'll be doing. If you come, you'll be drinking of that water yourself and not just living vicariously through something your pastor has been inspired by. Can you say amen? amen. Give the Lord a praise. Amen. All right, now turn your Bibles to Revelation 12. You're thinking, oh, dear God, is he going to preach another message? <laughs> it's one little scripture. And you're like, yeah, the last one was one little scripture. But we need to do something here. This is important. Revelation chapter 12. Verse 11. And they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Yeah. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb. Of course, we're, that's just always given Jesus Christ credit. He gets the credit for every testimony. Are you with me? And I know this is a little bit of a cliche, but it's been said that you can't have a testimony if you don't go through the test. You, you can't have a message if you don't make a mess. And you can't have a ministry if you haven't gone through the misery. But you go through the misery in Jesus Christ, you make a mess, even in Jesus Christ, and you go through the test in a way that brings glory to our Lord Jesus, then you have a testimony, a message, and a ministry. Amen? Now this scripture says that you become an overcomer. You, here, this is where this kind of catches me off guard because clearly you have a testimony 
because you've overcome something. And yet, you throw gasoline on the fire of that overcoming when you share a testimony about that experience in overcoming. That prepares you for another time to overcome and to have another testimony. Not only do you gain power and are able to overcome by the word of your testimony, but others hear that testimony and they are encouraged to overcome. They are encouraged to make it through their next mess, next test, next misery because of the word you have to say about something that God has done for you. We have an amazing altar prayer ministry here. And every week, predominantly, pretty much, every single week, amen. Said, I hear Papa's voice. She was waving at me earlier. She's, she's got my heart captured, so I better just preach to Sorry, you guys. You're, you're, you're within eyeshot of a little golden jewel there. Uh, where was I at? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Altar prayer ministry. That's where I was at. And so every week we have people up here during worship, usually early in worship, and then at the close of service. And they're just there to have the agreement of prayer with people. They are, they are, pre- they are prepared because of their prayerfulness, and their team work together to be prayerful and be prepared for the day. But they don't, nothing's scripted. They don't know what people are going to be bringing them, what problems, what issues people might be bringing them during that prayer time. And I'm going to ask the, the praise and worship team to come up to the platform, get ready, just get in place and get ready. And we have uh, a couple of testimonies that I think are just really profoundly powerful of things that happened during altar prayer ministry time. And I think that things can happen in church on a regular basis, and we get so familiar with the regularity of it that we lose sight of just how profoundly powerful it is. Oh, it's just prayer time. Oh, I can't even hear what they're saying anyway because the music, the doggone drummer over there is hitting those sticks against those skins and I can't, and then somebody, some Yahoo put speakers right up here in the front where they're praying for me, and, and I know that's Brother Yahoo back there. He's an awesome friend, amen. And, uh, and so I recognize that. It can get loud, and, you know, and it's like I can't hear what's going on, and I've shared with you many times before, it doesn't really matter too much whether you hear the prayer that's being prayed over you. It's about the connection, right, Leanne? You've been up here many times, and you've received great ministry time during the altar prayer ministry. And so what we're going to do here in just a few minutes, right, real quick here, we're going to hear a couple of testimonies. And then following those testimonies, we're going to close our service out with praise and worship. The other two songs that we would have normally done up front, we're going to do now with the altar prayer ministry up here. Because I want you to be inspired during that time in our service. Not just see it as one of the practicalities of something that we do every service. Oh, children are dismissed. They've invited the altar prayer ministry team forward. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, Quit church like that. Recognize that these elements are profoundly powerful for your life. And so, Steve, I'm going to ask you to come up here first, Steve Lombard. Now, I told him earlier, I'm going to have you testify, not preach. 
So I'm going to give you the same liberty that I gave everybody else. I'm going to go sit down over there. And I'll give you, you know, three or so minutes. And when I stand up, that means you need to start bringing her to a close. Right? Because this young man can go. So something powerful, here, you can take this. Something powerful happened to you at an altar prayer ministry time just a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, my name is Steve. Uh, another Steve in the church. Imagine that one. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, got to give you some context. Age 13, I was in eighth grade. I got diagnosed with a disease called Crohn's disease. Didn't know how I got it. Um, I also was diagnosed with acid reflux disease. Fast forward to my first year at Invasion Youth Conference. I got slain in the Holy Spirit. Crazy stuff happened. I felt like I was healed of Crohn's. Missed the mark. Well, I went to the hospital. I got a scope done. And, uh, I was healed of acid reflux disease. <laughs> um, I haven't been on medication since I was age 15 for that. And uh, they said that was uncurable. Uh, fast forward here. Um, Ministry of Helps. I came to Pastor Steve. I want to get out of fast food. Teach me what you know. I work for you for free. Those banners back there. We designed those banners. That was my first project. <laughs> now I'm making money doing what I do. But I walked away. From God, out of frustration, because I didn't get healed of this Crohn's. I was just showing up to church, and it was just another day of church, walking through the motions. And so I walked away. But how many of you know the story of Jonah, who gets swallowed up by a fish, gets spit back out? Thank God that that didn't happen to me, okay? But what did happen to me, is I was the second person, I started to go back to church, to another church. And one day... Beginning of this year, I, got, I was just worshiping in my car, and God says, Steve, I've called you to res life for a reason. I have big plans for you, man. Like, you need to, I, need to, I need you. I need your video skills. I need your marketing. This, res life is the home for this. Center Michigan for a reason. I called you. Go back. Okay. <laughs> so I come back, and now when I've asked for, in the past for like healing, I'd only ask it for once, and then I'd walk away. See, Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 says, Keep asking, keep knocking, you shall see. So I, I, I punched the devil in the throat, and I said, I'm going to keep doing this until I see it, because I believe it. I've seen people be healed. I've seen, I've seen it. I've seen it, okay? So I come back, and every time I worship, I come up to these speakers, because yes, it's loud. But when I come up to these speakers, I'll be honest, you all fade away, and I'm just with God. And so we have this prayer ministry up here, and I never really took advantage of it. I just watched other people get healed. And so finally I made my commitment, and I first just picked Sharon. I don't know, I just picked her. I was like, I'm going to keep going to her. She's going to see this healing, and we're going to manifest this. So I didn't come back every single week. You know, it takes time, stepping stones, right? I come back, pray, nothing, pray, nothing. It's almost my birthday, a week before my birthday, like going on 10 years of this stuff. 10 years of battling Crohn's, no answer, nothing. 10 years. It's a long time for, I feel like that's a long time, 10 years. <laughs> Most of my life. One day I just came with the expectation, this is going to happen today. That's, that's, that's my mindset. That's my, you know, this is going to happen today. This is going to happen today. I get out of worship, everything kind of calms down. They come up here, ultra prayer mercy comes up. I come over here, I'm worshiping, and Sharon's not up there this week. She's not serving. 
got the day off. All right. <laughs> Bless her heart. She's been, she's been praying me for like a couple months now. Got the day off. <laughs> what do I do? Lord, what do I do? So I stand there. I'm just, I'm, I'm waiting on God. Sometimes you just got to wait. Now, according to my eye, I see a gentleman over here. His wife is praying for someone else. He says, you need to go up there and ask for prayer with him. Okay. So I go up there. Hey, my name's Steve. Well, my name's Steve, too, and I have a good name. Okay. This is a sign. Must be, right? Steve, Steve. I mean, my first Steve. Look what he's done with me, you know? So I, I tell him, hey, dude, got, I need some healing. I got Crohn's. It's like our daughter was diagnosed with colitis around the same age as you were. All right, this is going to happen, Lord. <laughs> I just surrendered. I don't know how to explain I just surrendered. Pray for me. I get slain in the Holy Spirit while I'm down there. I don't really know how to explain it, but body twitches a little bit. Yeah. Hop right up and, whoa, feel different. He prays for me. I come over back over here, and I don't know. I mean, my mind's blowing, right? What just happened? I feel different. But then there's, a, there's tongues of spoken in the church. Weird, right? Especially if you've never heard of it. Weird. Everyone gets quiet. What's going on? Right? <laughs> Am I the only one thing that's weird? Like, uh, uh, <laughs> come on. It's like, whoa, what, what is going on here? Like, you know? And pastor says, yeah, I feel in my heart, you have to have faith like children. And I've been reading this book called T- The 10X Rule, and it talks about dreaming big and going after those goals and, you know, really gets you, it's a motivation book, Okay. I've been thinking about, you know, you've got to have faith, and that's why I come in here with expectations, because if you don't expect it, do you think it's going to happen? I don't know. Coming with expectation, pretty high. There's nothing impossible for God. They said uh, acid reflux disease wasn't going to be curable. I got cured. So why can't, why can't he cure Crohn's? Right? And so I'm back there. I go back to the corner, and in my spirit, God's like, because he brings up the kids, line them up. He says, when you walk through that, Steve, I'm going to put a boldness in this fire inside that you won't be able to deny. You're going to be a completely different person, and you're not even going to be convinced that you're not healed. People are going to tell you you're not healed. They're going to question it. Well, did you go to the doctor to do this? Okay. Now, I have to really back up because I missed a big, important part. When I walked away, I had to get my colon removed because of this. Colon was shot. Permanent ostomy. Okay. I was healed. That day. I haven't, but this, this is where it's at though. Because I came here, he said, love the Lord God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and strength. How can you love the Lord God with all your mind if you smoke weed? I was smoking weed. That's the only thing that was helping me get this pain away. I tried medicine, medicine, my body was immune to it. I couldn't, I, like, every medicine I tried, immune, couldn't, the doctors couldn't help, so I had to pull the colon out. So I tried weed. Got my medical marijuana card. All right, Lord, let's do that. I'm feeling great. You know, that's the only thing that kept me thriving. I, I come to Pastor Steve. Hey, best Steve, I, I'm smoking weed. Crohn's is helping me. Following week after, I didn't even talk to him. He talks about how can you love God with all your mind. All right, bet, Lord. Let's, let's, let's do some research. And I found out when you uh, smoke weed, you don't dream at night. I testify, I never had dreams. And God says, Steve... I just want to communicate with you. I want a relationship with you. And all I want to do is just uh, give you some good dreams. But I can't do that if you're smoking weed. Just like the book of Daniel, he gave him a dream. 
He says, I'm just trying to communicate with you, so can you cut it out? Well, I cut it out. I haven't been on any medicines about, about two weeks. People question to doubt it, and I, I just can't. I'm, I'm healed. I don't, I, I'm healed of Crohn's. That's, that's a, like, I, I'm due. Like, people who have seen me, you know, 10 years of battle, God is a, a, a fighter, right? He overcomes. So all I'm just saying is come with expectations. Don't just go through the motions, but really believe it in your heart that God can change your life. Nothing's impossible. Awesome. Come on, give the Lord a praise. See why I told him to testify and not preach? I knew we were in trouble when he said, well, let me back up for a minute or two. <laughs> Nicely done. Nicely done. The other testimony that I want to share or have shared this morning comes from Nola Hale. And our hearts go out to Nola, Doug, the entire family, Jim, everybody. Uh, he, she lost her brother, uh, changed addresses this week. And the change of address, we believe, was made possible because of something that happened during altar prayer ministry. Come on up here, Nola. Let's give her a big hand. with holding this? All right. Okay. Um, please bear with me because Pastor might have to stand up for me. <laughs> kind of long. <laughs> um, first, I need to tell you a little bit about my brother and my re relationship. And uh, I think it was, you would say, we agreed to disagree. Um, he was a rough, tough guy. And um, I would like to uh, preach to him. <laughs> and I would invite him to church, and he would say, no, I'm not ever going to go to church with you. And um, I talked to him about the Lord, and he didn't really care to hear it. Well... My brother ended up getting very, very ill about three weeks ago. And um, I had called an ambulance to come get him. He went into the hospital, and he had double pneumonia, sepsis, kidneys were failing, part of his heart wasn't working right. He had diabetes, and he was um, in cardiac filling up with fluid, congestive heart failure. And uh, he was in there, and they had to put him on life support after he got in there, about six hours after he got into ER. And I didn't know if he was saved. He would never say. He would never, you know, to my knowledge, have prayed the salvation prayer. And I was very distraught about this because I just thought, I can't have him not go to heaven. And so, excuse me, I, uh, I, 
I begged God, please, please don't take him. Don't let him die without giving him another chance if he's not saved. Please give him another chance. So he was five days on life support, and I came to church that Sunday, and I went up to the prayer ministry in the front, and I happened to get Sharon. And... Uh, <laughs> and... Um, I asked Sharon if she would just stand in agreement with me, and I told her the situation. And she <clears throat> prayed, and she prayed for God to minister to his spirit while he was unconscious. For God to minister to his spirit and show his face to his spirit man while he was unconscious. And it was like they were just words from God because I didn't think of that. I would have never thought about God ministering to his spirit when he was unconscious. And so that is what I clung to. And he is progressively getting worse. And the doctors are saying, they don't really think there's a lot of hope. And they said, we can't keep him on life support over 14 days. And so they started to bring him up out of being in this induced coma. And um, it took a couple days, and they got him then up to where he was conscious. He was clear-minded. His eyes were clear. He knew who I was when I went in to see him. And the first time I went in to see him, and he still had the breathing tube in his mouth. He couldn't talk. And I looked at him, and I said, we need to pray. And he shook his head, yes. So I told him, let him through the salvation prayer. And he kept shaking his head, yes. And uh, the next day, they took the breathing tube out. And he could speak. And I went in, and the first thing he did when he saw me, he started making, made up a little song. He was singing to me, saying, there's my sister, there's my sister, here comes my sister. I love my sister. It wasn't my brother. <laughs> but it was my brother. And... Um, my son Blake was with me, and Blake looks at me surprised. He said, he's singing to you. And I said, yes. And um, as soon as Blake walked out, my brother looked at me. He said, pray. Pray. And then we did. And the next day I went in, and he was singing, here comes my sister again. And um, so I, he wanted me to pray. We prayed. Of course, I started to cry, and um, he says, oh, come here, he says, and I laid my head on his pillow next to his, and he says, who loves the baby, who loves the baby, and I'm the oldest, so he was my baby brother, I wasn't the baby, and uh, I said to him, you know, if you're ever sad or you're lonely or you're afraid 
you can talk to God. I said, God's always there for you. God's always there for you. And he said, uh, I know. He said, me and the old guy have been having a lot of conversations lately. He said, who would have ever thought I'd have gotten so religious? <laughs> and um, then he died Wednesday. Went home to be the Lord with the Lord, and God answered the prayer. And, and God answered Sharon's prayer of ministering to a spirit because he came out of that coma and he was accepting the Lord. I truly believe he probably did it when he was unconscious. And so I encourage you to, if you need prayer for anything, come up to this um, altar ministry. Um, they are appointed and they are anointed for this time and place. They are anointed and they will stand with you. And I just give God all the praise and the glory. He's just a wonderful God. Come on, give the Lord a praise. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm going to pray for you. Okay. Bow your heads for a minute. Father, in the name of Jesus, uh, I just thank you for Nola. Thank you for this testimony. And uh, Lord, you move in miraculous ways and mysterious ways. But you always bless. And I pray now that you'll just bless this family as they're grieving and mourning, yet celebrating. Help them work through this time frame. And we thank you. You you love Tom, right? That's Tom. Tom. You loved him so much you gave him another chance. Yeah. And he took advantage of it. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah. Amen. He'll take your hand and help right. you down. Isn't that powerful? Yeah. Now, I think it's interesting how God works things out. You know, Steve came last week and said he wanted to give a testimony and I went no because I knew that it wasn't the right moment because I knew what it was about and we had we had some different plans that day and that's the day I, I, you know we, we just did some different things I said but you can testify next week and we'll, we'll plan it remember and that is how I did it right but I had no idea about this other testimony I had no idea about what today's service would look like at that time God works all things to the good amen even the things that seem bad he uses to make good in our life there's an old story about a mom and her little daughter and the mom loved to bake and daughter always baked with her and mom was always quoting that scripture sweetheart all things work to the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. She was constantly quoting that scripture to the little girl. And one day they were baking and they were making a cake and mom said that. And the little girl says, well, why do you always say that, mom? And mom took a little, little spoon of baking powder and said, here, eat this. Ooh, yeah. And she did and she was like, mom, why'd you make me do that? And the mom said, honey, all things in and of themselves aren't always good, but God takes all things and uses them together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So there'll be times 
what's happened isn't like a spoonful of baking soda. It's like a truckload with the heartache and everything else. And yet God used that to do something special. 